Welcome to Masters of Employee Development, Mike Acker's podcast devoted to training team members in any type of organization. As a best-selling author, corporate trainer, and business leader, I seek out guests each week to discuss training successes, challenges, and best practices. On this show, you will hear from incredible CEOs, HR directors, and other experienced managers responsible for leadership and development. Lean in, listen, and take part in a community dedicated to improving life through increasing leadership. Dave, thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Looking forward to diving into this conversation. Welcome. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You're looking tan. You must have just got back from vacation. <laughs> yeah. Tan summer in the South where we're at right now, and then all summer long on, as you know, the three and a half week vacation. So, uh, and you're in a hot area as well. So we share some nice commonalities right there. Well, I love that we get a chance to talk about how to develop people. And first of all, before we get into that content, give me a little bit about yourself and about your company. Well, thanks. Um, about my companies, I have a hard time staying focused, Mike, to be honest with you. So my, my main company is Off Madison Ave, a marketing firm, been around almost 24 years now. I have a company called Lighthouse PE, which is a SaaS-based software company. I have a consulting company, DWA Leadership, which I do actually more of now of CEO and executive team coaching, how to make them the most productive, achieve their strategic goals of what they do. And I am also right now serving as the global chair of an organization called the Entrepreneurs Organization, EO. It's about 15,000 entrepreneurs worldwide, all whose businesses are in excess of $1 million, up to a billion dollars, actually. And I'm the global chair. So right now, my plate's pretty full. I'm loving it. And thanks for having me on today. Hey, that's incredible. I did not know about some of those other areas. The really where I found you from was off Madison and just seeing what you had done there to develop your team, to train your team. But now as I get into this and we're going through this whole idea of developing people, that's what you do. That's what you do in all these different areas. So first of all, let's have you brag on someone. Tell us the story of someone that you were able just to see develop and that you had a part in their story. You know, to single that out, Mike, is is difficult because I have been so fortunate to have some just amazing people that have um, learned and grown with us over the years. I am most proud of Ashley, who was our very first employee 23 years ago, is still with us today. She joined us basically right out of college um, in our creative group. And while, you know, her roles have changed a little bit, Today, she is still with us providing services. She has constantly been willing to learn and grow through her time um, with EO. And it's been a great partnership, which any, which any um, relationship with an employee is, and especially when you get to long-term, I don't even like the word employee. We call them staffers, team members, partners in our organization um, going forward. Jen, who has been with us just over 11 years, came in as a brand new bookkeeping person and now runs our entire finance group for us at the organization. I love that. Longevity has a lot to say about the the ability of a team to really work together and to achieve great results. Now, the longer you have a team, often the greater results you have. What do you owe that long tenure to? What do you see when you think about it go, 
this is why people want to stay with us. This is what's causing them to develop and grow. Well, one is we work really hard on our culture. Um, you know, it's the culture of an organization. Are you providing an environment where people want to be? Where, why, where do people want to be? They want to be where they feel they have a voice. They, they're not always, we don't always agree with them, but they feel they have a voice. They have a seat at the table. They're able to contribute. Um, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. Part One of our core values is entrepreneurial spirit. We value that. So we want people that are there. One of our other core values is positive mindset. We want people, people want to be around people with positive mindset. So the number one most important thing is creating that culture. I am also a huge believer in the mentality to learn and grow. Um, you know, if I look back on my history, one of my greatest respects is I didn't take college serious enough. You know, if I told you my GPA when I graduated from college, you know, <laughs> it embarrasses my mother every time I say it. So I don't repeat it anymore. But I wish that I would have had the mentality to learn and grow through college for the 10, 20 years I wasted before I really understood the value of learning and growing. So we're an organization. We have off Madison app, OMA, OMAU within our organization, where we learn about other groups. We have a book club in our organization where uh, our team members pick books that people read and then they meet. Even in the virtual world, we've continued to do that. So culture and an environment of learning and growing. Okay, so so I'm seeing this this trend that may be positive, but sometimes negative. You got entrepreneurs positive learners. So you got people who are just antsy going all these different directions, just dreamers getting together. How in the world, I was going to ask you about challenges, but I think this might be the challenge. How do you keep a whole bunch of dreamers, go-getters, people who want to start something? How do you keep them on track going in a direction to actually get something done? I love that question. And I have to make sure she listens. Her name is (laughs) Sasha. (laughs) Sasha keeps us focused. She's our our general manager. She runs the day-to-day of the organization. I think in November, it'll be eight years. And she also has come up through the organization. But Sasha is the one who leads our leadership team meetings. While I'm running off squirrel and all the other things that are distracting me, Sasha. And, and, you know, I say that in all seriousness, but jokingly, the importance of having the right mix of team members that you have on your team. Our organization would have never survived if it was just 100% scattered all the time, but we know the importance of that. But having that balance in other areas through Sasha's and Jen, who runs accounting and others, we've built that team that provides that balance, um, that provides the reality checks, who challenges us. I'm the, I'm the CEO by title only. Sasha really runs the show. But, you know, I, I, one other of my experiences that I haven't talked about is I had this incredible opportunity to serve two presidents of the United States. I worked in the executive office of the president. I traveled the world and I had some amazing experiences to be around um, the president unique situations. And the number one lesson I learned, the absolute number one lesson I learned was you have to have people around you that will challenge you, that will support you, but also not just be a yes person. And I've worked hard to build our organization where I have the person, it's always done respectfully, respectful, 
I call it respectful conflict. Um, but that is so important. When I saw a chief of staff or a secretary of state or somebody like that being able to say to the president of the United States, sir, are you really thinking about this? Hey, don't forget about this. You know, I'm going to disagree. We got to have it as leaders and we have to foster that culture and have those type of people around us. Oh, I love this. So, so much to unpack here. So let's come back to that, having that disagreement at the table. Let's go back to this entrepreneurship value. Probably you, like I, when you're working with executives and doing some coaching with them, you encourage them to really nail down their values. And so you've done that as a company. Entrepreneurship, and I, I think that this is true right here. I don't think I've ever heard a company with entrepreneurship as one of their corporate values because often it's it's a role. So on my mind, personally, I'm trying to grab through how does that work if everybody has that? Is that just that something that some people have or even Sasha and some of the people who are CS on the disc, how does entrepreneurship as a value work their way in? Can you, can you define that for, for me and for us? Absolutely. Great question. No, not everybody is entrepreneurs. You know, a lot of it has to do with your level of risk and how you think and what you want to do. But every single one of us, there is not a person who doesn't have ideas. And that's what entrepreneurship is. And we need to provide an environment where people bring ideas to the table. Hey, we use this software that we purchased, but it doesn't do what we need. So here, could we build something to make it better? Our Lighthouse PE, kind of, that's how it became its own separate company in some ways. We have other software that, that does that. When, the, um, when COVID hit, you know, it was ideas that allowed the company to grow and prosper and new ways of looking at things. So entrepreneurship is a very broad term that's interpreted in many ways. I interpret it as as the ability to come up with ideas. And I don't know a single person that doesn't have ideas. And that's what we foster. Entrepreneurial spirit is really idea spirit of how do we constantly doing that uh, one more thing because i know i talk too much sometimes mike i get so <laughs> passionate about this but like my business partner who's our you know um head creative guy he will be the first one to say is creativity is not exclusive to creative people the person working at the front desk can have just as good of an idea as a creative person on any given day and we live by that I, I have a, a leadership team, but that doesn't mean a person who's just joined our organization, been there 90 days, can't have the next breakthrough idea for the organization. Yeah, I love that. When you talk about this entrepreneurship, then, so it's not really the idea of just risk and going and starting something all the time, because that's really would take you in too many different directions. Yeah. The, the ideation, is that along with positivity, kind of with the whole idea of fostering problem solvers instead of problem noters? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I have a book out, Leaders, Not a Title. And one of the things that I talk about in my book is that conflict, in my mind, is just brainstorming gone bad. You know, conflict is when ego gets involved. Brainstorming is where you foster ideation. You talk about things. You have have to provide a safe environment for people to challenge each other. Again, our unbreakable rule is that it's done respectfully, 
but that's what you what you need to have in our view of where we do positive minds. But and respectful collaboration is one of our other core values. So you can see you've kind of tied those together for me without ever seeing those values. But that's exactly it. And they do work collectively together um, to do that. So where do you go when you've done all this brainstorming and you have all these powerhouse ideas on there? Where do you go to take that that cloud and then bring it down? Walk us through that process that you guys take to really grab a hold of the one or two or three ideas that you're going to run with. Yeah, that, that's a great question too, because when you have all these ideas, a lot of times the first step is kind of put it in the top drawer for 24 hours think through it as the team member to contemplate on it. A lot of times it's bringing in other points of views because ideas can happen in a huddle, you know, huddle stand up meeting that somebody throws out and it's like, huh, that's a great idea. Let's bring some more people into that. Um, And then, you know, I have learned as an entrepreneur when I've gone off on tangents that have cost me more money than I care to (laughs) remember um, that, you know, then you have to start, okay, amazing idea. Does this fit within our core business? Is this going to advance the business that we're doing? And if so, then we kind of take it to the next level. If not, we say, huh, is this something that we want to do separately? Um, You know, that, that maybe a different business idea that we do or a different division that we do or something like that. And sometimes we just go, hey, that's a great idea. I'm going to write it down in my notebook and keep it. But this doesn't fit with the direction, the strategic direction that we're going. I don't want to send all your listeners this idea that we just start all over the place. We kind of do come back to which business does this fit into right. and, and does it strategically make sense? Right. So shelf it, just to recap, because I think those are great things there for everybody listening, that shelf it and then get some feedback on it and then analyze it really along the perspective, does this go with the business and this can advance what we're doing? Or if it is going to advance something else, like one of these offshoot companies and it's strong enough idea, is that where it becomes an offshoot company? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Lighthouse, um, Lighthouse PE, you can see lighthousepe.ai or .com will get you there. That's really how that's come about. And that's, you know, um, going to be its own company now and moving forward with that. So, but don't get me wrong. I've had a few of them, media IO, <laughs> Ceremo Media that have gone, you know, that we thought were a great idea and didn't work out either. But, you know, um, you know. That's just diversifying portfolio. That's all that is. That's, ex- that's exactly right. I think one more thing about employee development that, um, you know, I think is so critical and what you, what you focus on is just so needed The other big thing is this was a hard one for me to learn is that, you know, it's okay if you fail and it's okay if your, your team members mess up or something, learn from it. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you don't have an environment that fosters ideation, ideas, collaboration, safety, um, you can't have those without failure because you learn all of those from failure. And I have seen, Um, staff members get crushed because an idea didn't work out or they made a mistake and then they're punished for it. Um, You know, and so there's this fine line of being able and we as leaders need to figure out what that is. You got a powerhouse of, of ideas all working together where you're telling people, Hey, you have ideas and that gives them ownership and it gives them longevity, gives them buy-in. So all these work ideas are working together. How are you, how are you getting people onto the team? Are you, are you 
what's your process of developing them into different roles of leadership? Are you going outside? Are you building up from within? Talk to us a little bit about where you get them from. Yeah, great question. I'm a big fan of um, adding and growing, you know, from within because they understand it's always hard when you bring somebody in from the outside to really understand the culture and how you do things. And you need to be very careful about doing that. I will tell you one of the things that I absolutely love. Now, you can't do this with every position because there's times you need more senior. We've probably hired two dozen people over the years that came through internship programs with here in Arizona, Arizona State, University of Tucson, that where, being honest, you get to kind of test drive them a little bit. Um, And what I like about that is, listen, I already told you my grade point average sucks. So (laughs) I'm not really worried about grades. I look for mindset. I look for who's asking for work when they're not busy. Who's saying, hey, I'm interning in PR, but how can I learn more about media? We have learned so much about the attitude and the mindset of people um, you know, that have gone on to be some of our, you know, absolute superstars and then they do leave. And, you know, that's another thing that's hard. You have to accept that. But when they go on to do something greater or better, or they just decide they want to go in a different direction, we as leaders need to just accept that. Um, you know, my dad worked for the same company for 35 years. I think those days are coming on, you know, yeah. and think of it as a positive that we're helping develop people even though they're lost to the organization sometimes hurts. It's kind of like having kids where you, you love them when they're in the house. And then at some point in time, you don't want them in the house anymore. I just got a chance to hang out with my dad recently. And we're just, you know, doing great times hanging out at his house, but he doesn't want me to live there anymore. And neither do I want to live there. So you get to raise the kid up and then kick them out. And then of course the analogy breaks down when they stay for a long time. So <laughs> maybe it's not the best analogy in all regards. So my, my oldest, my, my oldest just graduated from college in May. As of uh, July 1st, he's officially off my payroll. He's welcome for dinner, but he has to go home at night. <laughs> That's what my dad said to me. He said, you're welcome to, to stay at our home when you're in college or if you fall on your butt in life, but that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's all you're allowed to do. And and maybe some companies need that with some of their employees that they're raising up. But then other ones, we do want to become part of that permanent home. And that's where that analogy, of course, breaks down. What are some things that you're constantly talking to besides the culture, besides the business? One of the things that you're constantly going back to, what are you teaching your team? What do you keep front of mind in terms of training them? Well, the number one is learn and grow. Um, You know, I want to know, like when we hire people, we ask the question, how do you learn? You know, are you a reader? Are you a webinar? Are you, you know, what, what do you do? How do you like to learn? You know, I'm a huge audiobook person. Um, You know, that's how I listen and do stuff. Other people love webinars. My business partner is a podcast fanatic, um, you know, on podcasts all the time, things like this. So the most important thing to us, how are you learning to grow? And it's not only learn and grow within just your expertise. So like our media people, it's important that you stay current and you're learning and you get your certifications from Google and all of that stuff. But how are you learning about business? How are you learning about management? Are you reading books on emotional intelligence? Are you reading books about, you know, better understanding your coworkers? Um, So I believe in a very diverse 
catalog, for lack of a better word, of learning materials that you put together. That for me is the number one thing. That's where I see people who advance, you know, those who are participating in the book club and those are that don't, those who come to the OMAU and those that don't. Um, so that, that, that continual learning and growing, um, asking questions, um, and the ones who, you know, sometimes we as leaders are shy away from the more aggressive employees that are like, what's my next step? What's the, my next step? All of our team members have a path of growth outline for them. Um, really? you talk, know, talk to me yeah. more about that right there. Cause yeah, they're yeah, like, everybody okay. has that. Yeah. So they're like, they start in one position and Hey, you know, what do you, where do you want to be? You know, okay. I want to be a senior PR or media, you know, person. What's the pathway to get there? And it's, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, people are looking at only to achieve monetary gains, but it's more of what do I need to learn? How do I need to grow? What are my capabilities? Do I need to become a better negotiator to achieve this? So we try to outline that path that gets them to what the skill sets, what they need to learn to be able to advance into that next position um, that they're looking. And we've had some come into our organization and take complete right turns. They're like, hey, I've been here two years and I thought I really wanted to do this, but I really want to do that. Is, Is that possible here? And many times it is, sometimes it's not, and then we'll help them go where it is. But they should, nobody should ever go into an annual view, annual review surprise that they're not getting the promotion or the pay increase that they want should never be a surprise. (laughs) If it's a surprise, then our management team has done a bad job. Yeah. I love that. I love that the intentionality behind that. So you're not just going, Hey, just work on it yourself. There's a couple things that just for listeners really grab a hold of right here. One is that you're not trying to really tell them how to grow. You're saying, how do you grow? And we'll provide that opportunity. So if it's a book, that's great. If it's audio, if it's webinars, outside speakers, one-on-one, whatever, we'll help you grow in the way that. I think that would help a lot of companies. A lot of people take the CEO and they use a CEO and just say, whatever the CEO does, that's how everyone else is going to do it. And I love that you're meeting people where they are. And then the path to growth. I once went to a Chick-fil-A and the owner, he was talking to me about how he developed entry-level people at minimum wage and he had a checklist for them. And it's a little bit different. Obviously, it's a yeah. more of a professional environment, but you have essentially a checklist for people to go through to get where they want to go. And I'm, my guess is that sometimes that kicks them out of the house, going back to that analogy, mm-hmm. on their own. They've gotten there, but there's not a PR director role. Have you seen that happen from time to time where you've equipped them so much but didn't have a role, and so they took off? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That happens. Absolutely. And we also have to always understand, too, that... Um, while a person might not be equipped to be, uh, let's we'll stay with you, the head of PR in our organization, there is another organization that maybe they are ready for based on what they do or, you know, they have a specific skill set. And, you know, we try to be honest with them is, you know, you've kind of reached the ceiling. Some of the most difficult conversations I've had with, you know, and I, I know your listeners have somebody who's been with you 15 years but they've kind of reached the cap of where they are, not only salary, but their ability. And either they're okay with that. And I know people that are, they're like, I love what I do every day. This is where I want to stay. And I understand this is where my cap is. 
or it's just time for their next step outside the organization. As much as I hate to see that happens in most cases, um, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, again, it just is, I, I, you know, I'm getting old, Mike. Um, I've really <laughs> tried to learn that it's life is more about what we do for others than what we do for ourselves. Yeah. And if I can help people, and especially now as I have, one son in the workforce and the other, I just hope that he finds the right mentors and that that help him advance them, advance what they want to do um, to achieve their full potential. Yeah. I love it. I love the emphasis there, even on your son, finding a mentor as a dad myself, I look at that going, well, I could tell him everything that he needs to know, but sometimes they need to hear it from someone else. Just like your employees, even though you're coaching at this high level, you'll say something and then someone else says the same thing. And they're like, wow, you say, I've been saying that for five years. So I love your, your even awareness of, of that for your son and for your environment. Love what you're doing, Dave. It's fantastic. Tell us about your book real quick so that we can know that. And I'll put that in the show notes. Because I think you mentioned you have a book out there earlier. Is that what yeah, you're I do. The title is Leaders, Not a Title. Um, it's on Amazon. It's all about, you know, you, you can't be christened a leader. You got to earn it. Um, you know, it, leadership is about respect. So that's what that whole book is about through a bunch of my experiences, what I've succeeded at and clearly what I have failed at over the years. And then, like I said, off Madison Ave and Lighthouse, and then more of what I'm doing now is, um, you know, the coaching, working with uh, executive teams, not on the strategy, but how does the team work cohesively to achieve the strategies? Um, and that's dwaleadership.com. You can see that, uh, obviously, um, on the web app. Uh, great. Well, I'll put this all in the show notes as well, Dave. Dave, it's been great talking with you. I love what you're doing. I didn't know about all these other branches. So just like I did with Off Madison, I could go back in and check those out myself. Love that entrepreneurship aspect because me, like you, we're, we're doing that ourselves. So it's so <laughs> fun to be hearing what other people are doing as well. Is there anything final that you would say to listeners here about just developing or about achieving or anything that is just burning in your mind or a nugget that you always come back to? Yeah, well, the leadership development, which you focus on, um, while it can be challenging at times, it takes a team effort to achieve great things. And a team means hiring people that are smarter than you, that are going to challenge you, that are going to push you, that you can work collaboratively with, that aren't always going to agree with you. But when decisions are made, you get on the bus and you all move together forward. That's when you have successful organizations. I think if we can just act on that one piece right there, that companies would move forward, that they would have so much more success if we could just go back to that one foundation. So thank you. That was a great. And Dave, thank you so much for being a part of what our brand new show and podcast masters of employee development. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And for all of our listeners, make sure to subscribe, like, and share and tune in so you can find out more about developing the leadership around you and developing yourself in the process. Thanks for listening to Masters of Employee Development. Do you know someone who would be a great guest? Send them to mikeacker.com forward slash apply. Do you want the show notes? Go to connect.mikeacker.com. Until next time, subscribe, rate, and give a review on Amazon or iTunes or your favorite platform. Thank you.